turn podcast i'm your host isaiah jackson jr devin lee crimes would be alongside me he's busy right now but he will be back really really soon but we have a special guest for us right here a really big guest from gravity hills california or awf heavyweight champion charles cassis my guy how you doing today i'm doing well i love that intro oh better Appreciate it. It was on the fly. Look, I was scared. I was nervous for a minute. I didn't know if I was going to do you justice. <laughs> well, man, look, I'm glad we we're definitely glad to have you here. Definitely appreciate to have you on. And we got to ask you one of our favorite questions. One of our favorite questions on the podcast. Uh, where did your love for wrestling start? How did it start? Oh, dude. Uh, I mean, I could talk about this for for hours. <laughs> I, I, I think the stereotypical answer is I grew up watching it kind of thing. Uh Back in California, my uncle would record all the shows on VHS. That's how old I am. And I would just watch all the pre-recorded tapes, all the pay-per-views and stuff like that. It uh, became an escape, essentially, as a kid to like watch wrestling larger than life. And it was part of the reason as how, to how I learned how to speak English. So I didn't learn how to speak English until I was like 10, 10, 11. And a lot of it had to do with wrestling commentary. So it was like Goosebumps uh ninja turtles like all these cartoons and then like wrestling is kind of how i started learning the language but yeah it was just an escape you know what i mean and as i got older and obviously wrestling became a bigger production i got sucked into the production aspect so like the lights like the music the entrances like i love every aspect of wrestling so i grew up watching the obviously the physicality the the superheroes and then as I got older, it became more production. Like, man, these lights are dope. Uh, <laughs> the music is, is so cool, the way they mix it. The, when they first started the Chinatron videos, where it was all like highlight videos, now yeah. it's just like a, you know, right now it's just like a, an effect screen, like a stock footage screen, and then their name before, it was, you know what I mean, like a little highlight video of all the action. To me, that was just like the coolest thing ever. Oh man, no, you, that was, that just brought back a, a decent, a crazy amount of memories. Like. No, that's pretty. That's awesome. So, and watching and watching wrestling, growing up and watching wrestling, at what age, at what time of your life were you like, I got to get into the business right now? Uh, I always tell people uh, Hulk Hogan is how I, like, he was my favorite growing up as a kid. So that's like what got me to fall in love with wrestling. And I was six when The Undertaker debuted. And the minute I saw that, man, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? That uh just watching him i became like his number one fan like that was it uh that like this is my guy as soon as he debuted and just growing up watching him he became the reason why i wanted to like wrestle you know i mean just uh because he was so so larger than life he was relatable in a sense that he was like such a dark character and um he was just so good at it he was like unbeatable you know what i mean and um as i got older it was watching him do it and watching just the aspect of it and 
learning little bits and pieces of like how wrestling works. Um, and that's what made me want to just dive into it. And again, even like the production side, part of it was like, I want to come out with, like with the music or I want to make the music or I, this is how I would do my lights. Like I would spend so much time on like the opposite side. Like this is what I want the background to be for my promo. And I want my lights to be this way. You know what I mean? Like on the, all the SmackDown versus Raw games, I think I spent more time on entrances than I did like creating a moveset or my attire. Oh man. Look, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. Look, man, like, you are are you one of those guys? I know this is this is totally off script. I'm going like have you have you ever are you one of those guys that like take like an hour and a half like when you're playing wrestling games to create your player? You're like oh yeah, dude. <laughs> it has to be so detailed, intricate, and like I have a love such a love for music that like every week I would have a new theme song pretty much. And just like oh really? Like I hear a song on the radio or if a new album comes out, I'm like oh this would be a cool song. This would be a cool song for like a highlight video. But this will be a cool song for a character. Like music is such like a big thing for me. So I would spend so much time on the instances and all that stuff. So yeah, I was definitely the the one guy who would get the game, spend like 10 hours just creating someone, and then I would start playing the game. Oh, look, I look, I'm hundred percent there with you. I seen <laughs> I seen one guy, he was like, Yeah, I've, I play WWE games, it only takes me like 10 minutes to create a player. I'm like, what what? Wow. Yeah, I'm like, well, you're just doing arm drags? Like, I'm like, is that... that character must suck. <laughs> right, right, I'm saying. No no music walking out when he's getting to the ring? Like, just boring. Wild, yeah. But just going back into your career, uh, what was the training process like going into wrestling? Oh, man. So for me, um, there was a point where I had a buddy, uh, buddy of mine. Actually, uh, Alex Salyers. I don't know if you, the name sounds familiar, but he's yes. an, an Arizona guy. And... Uh, he ended up getting a ring that he put in his backyard. So I started like messing around and, and I guess self-teaching, which is not the right way to do it, but self-teaching mm-hmm. ourselves to do stuff. So from that process, there was this place uh, in like central Phoenix. And uh, a lot of those guys were looking for a ring because I guess they were looking for a place. So it just became a thing of like connection essentially. And these guys were like, Hey, we have this spot in a swap meet. If you let us use your ring, we'll use you guys to wrestle. And um, terrible experience. Uh, they were not good. Like 98% of them were, were not good. And it's just the facts. But for us, or at least for me, it was like, oh, this is my introduction to indie wrestling. Or I finally get to learn about the business, you know. And uh, so he went and did that. And luckily for me, I stuck with just recording the shows. And I'm like, I'll start training. And then I'll start doing shows. So I'm thankful that I never got so to, I didn't get to the point where I just rushed in and like just did wrestling and did whatever, you know? Um, so I would do the recordings and all that stuff would happen. I kind of like would watch this and it just didn't, I don't know. It wasn't like, and I think at that time it was like, Oh, this is cool. This is indie wrestling. But looking back at it now, like this is not good wrestling like, at all. And, uh, so that was the introduction to that. And at the time I was doing like the flyers, like the event flyers and doing little highlight videos and stuff like that. So I was doing all the video stuff, but through them, I always tell people through any, it, even if it's like a bad experience or something that in the overall scheme, wasn't the greatest, there's always little bits and pieces that connect you to find like the good. So through that, even through that bad experience, uh, some people were coming around to like use rate to train. And these guys were, working for EXW at the time. 
and I went through a lot of name changes, but EXW was like the big indie promotion in Arizona Mm -hmm. and guys were coming in and they were like using the ring to train and scouting like the good people. So, uh, that ship went down. Obviously that promotion just completely miserably failed. And, uh, but some of the people moved on and they saw we had the ring. So we put the ring in someone else's backyard. And like once a week we would go and this guy would, uh, Dex Verity is his uh, gimmick name, Dexter Verity. He hasn't wrestled in years, but he's the one that got scouted for EXW. Um, and uh, we had the ring there, so he would teach us, like, the basics. Like, he was like, hey, we're going to learn how to bump. We're going to learn how to run the ropes. So I kind of I started learning the very basic fundamental stuff through him, like, once a week, and I was doing that for almost a year. And, uh, and I kept doing the flyers, and the flyers is actually what got me connected to EXW. So uh, I... I wasn't fond of their flyer, so I made one. One time I was like, oh, here's like a, my version of it. And the promoter hit me up. I'm like, man, did you make this? And he's like, can you keep making them? And we'll get you into shows and doing all this. So I started going to the shows and getting kind of more involved. And then they moved to their own facility in uh, like Tempe, Scottsdale area. And um, it was the same deal. Like, can you record the shows for us? Can you do the editing, do the flyers? And, um, you know, we'll hook you up with the shows. We'll do whatever. And because we had our own facility, they opened the school, which he named it the new power plant. Because at the time it was uh, the promoter, and which is Brian Barnett, and then Johnny Stamboli, which is like his big homie. So they renamed it after the WCW school. And he told me one day, he's like, you know, if you want to train here, he's like, do all this graphic work for us. And that would essentially pay for your uh, for your tuition for school. So through all that process, all, you know, like maybe two years of like all that shit. And I'm like, all right, cool. We can get this started, paid the, all that graphic work, paid for my tuition and started training and it went through name change. So it was EXW, then it became like FSW Arizona, and then it became the first version of championship wrestling from Arizona. So this was like championship wrestling from Arizona, but like indie version, like it wasn't reported for television or anything like that. Um, yeah, we uh, started training. That's uh, when we built like the my class, which was it was me, Joe Graves, Hammerstone, Evan Daniels, Salyers was there, Pete the Heat. So we had like a really good group of people, and uh, that's where we got going. You know what I mean? So through all this shit, that's always tell people I'm like even through the bad experiences of of what that indie place was at the swap meet, it kind of led me eventually to get to that point where I started training properly. <laughs> no like that's an awesome story like that's really like a starting from the bottom type like promotions production then just going straight into wrestling and training like that's that's huge like a lot of people yeah. don't want to take that you know that process they don't want to go that route they just want to go straight into the wrestling but they don't know it's right, yeah. you know starting from the bottom is that's incredible and that's and you, you got a hustle man yeah i mean that's why i tell like my students now i'm like it's more so much more than just wrestling for 10 to 20 minutes in the ring like it's a lot you know what i mean it's what you do backstage it's how you conduct yourself it's how you brand yourself learning you there's not just learning wrestling moves at this point obviously it's the important part because you have to keep yourself safe your opponent safe and you have to look like you know what you're doing in there but it's like a never-ending learning process and one of the reasons why like that first place i went to in my opinion was so bad is because i feel a lot of those guys um kept off at a certain point like i feel like to me they looked like guys who trained to a certain point and because they started wrestling they thought this was it i don't have to learn anything else anymore and i feel when you close yourself off that way to learning 
you you kind of get stuck there. You know, and the last thing I want is for my last match to look like my first match. You know what I mean? If I look like the same wrestler from 10 years ago, then I'm doing something wrong. And a lot of people close themselves off. And it doesn't matter at what level or how many years, like you can always, always learn. You know what I mean? Even 10 years now, like it's 10 years is a long time, but it's technically nothing in wrestling, you know, and I still, and even if I'm training people now, I still have matches and I still send them to like my mentors and my trainers. I'm like, can you watch this? Like I'm still learning. I'm not getting to a point where I'm like, Oh, I'm done learning. So nobody tell me anything. Right. You close yourself off, close yourself off to criticism. I think you like make give yourself such a disservice. And I feel a lot of those guys, that's what they did. They just didn't want to hear that they weren't good and they didn't want to get better. Yeah, no, and then just even that is just learning the basics as well. Like just from from the start of your story. Well, De- well my partner Devin, he was at a promotion for a small, a decent, a small amount of time. And at that time, I'm I'm on the phone with him and he's telling me, Yeah, we're gonna take the ring down. I'm like, take the ring, take the ring down. Like this is before he even got in the ring. So I'm like, you know, I'm thinking there's people, you know, there's a crew for that. It's and no, it's just everybody that's wrestling, everybody that's training. Yeah, you know, take the ring down, put it up. And it's, I was like, uh, that was a shock to me. I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I would have definitely been out that door. Like, I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not certified in this. But like, yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people, <laughs> but a lot of people, you know, see that and they don't know, you know, it's not just, like you just said, it's not just wrestling. It's a whole lot that goes into it. So no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually this last, the last AWF show was, you have all these guys to like wrestle in hundred degree weather. You know what I mean? And then afterwards, they have to go take the ring down and put it in the U-Haul and then drive it down to the school and put it back, put the ring back up. And it's like days and over till like two in the morning. And you got to think like you just had a match and you set the ring up. So like days are like from 1030 in the morning to like one or two in the morning. You know, but people just see that 10, 15 minute gap of the wrestling match. And even then, like a lot of these guys are wrestling matches and then they're still, you know, doing the job. And like the days are long. Like it's a it's a lot. That goes into it. Um, obviously, it's very, very rewarding. We know what we're doing it for. Like, if you really love wrestling and you want to do it, you know what you're doing it for. But it's not. You can't just come in and be like, "Man, I'll see you there at six. I'll do my match for ten minutes and then I'm out." You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. It doesn't really work that way. Man, that's awesome. And that, yeah, a lot of people just don't know that. And that's just <laughs> that. That's a that's a huge shock. So, and just going <laughs> just going more into that, like, what? How was it just breaking into the wrestling scene right now? And just in Arizona alone. Uh, right now or when I was doing it? Uh, in the beginning, your early, the early days. Uh, for us, it was, there wasn't much. You know, we had, so we had that, what eventually ended up becoming championship wrestling from Arizona. So yep. all that promotion started there. And I, when I, we were first starting, a Lucha promotion was just starting. And other than that, honestly, I don't think there was anything else. I know during that time, uh, Slam U, which is now like a, like the shows for students from the school in Mesa, but before it was like a startup, it was like a brand new promotion. That's how it started out. So that had started. So it was kind of like two promotion, two American wrestling promotions and then a Lucha Libre promotion. So there wasn't as much as there is now. Um, so you kind of had to just had to get out, but because that promotion used to be FSW and stuff like that, there were some connections to already go to California to go to Nevada and such. Um, and but we were doing shows every two weeks, so we kind of had a nice in that aspect that we got to wrestle not once a month, but every two weeks. So like we were training two or three days a week, and then every other week we were setting up for shows. 
And we're doing quite a bit of school shows in that time. So we're traveling out to do school shows, different audiences. And as some of the guys were more ready, they would go to Vegas and California and all that. So um, you just kind of spread out in that form. Obviously, there's a drama. There was drama between promoters from where we were at and then the people from Slam U. And when you're new, you kind of just, you don't know people, right? So if there's beef with beef or heat with, with other people, they kind of just tell you this person is this, this person is that. So in your mind, you know, like, okay, so this person's not good to deal with. So it was a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? Don't go to that show or they're this, or if you wrestle there, you can't wrestle now, which is the whole fucking thing. Can I cuss here? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, uh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole fucking thing. Uh, we could talk for hours, but, uh, but yeah, you have this mindset of like, okay, these are bad people or we don't associate with these people. Uh, like I know at one point, some of our guys got in trouble for going to check out the other show. They weren't even wrestling. They just went to go look at it. Obviously, people found out and it becomes a thing. And it's, it takes away from what we're actually trying to do. But yeah, we were doing shows every two weeks. And uh, so that was nice for us because there wasn't a, like a, it wasn't an influx of uh, promotions here. And then as time went on, guys started going to like Vegas to get their names out there and such like that. And then California and stuff. Oh man. Yeah. And this, it sounded like a really, like a really like quick journey. Like I know the the process of getting there was long, but it sounded like everything was just kind of, you know, bang, 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 just kind of happening out of nowhere. And it, it seems like it really, oh, yeah. really, really took off. It really took off. Yeah. I mean, once, once we got going, like you just kind of never, you never stop. You know what I mean? You have the goals you want. And I feel like they changed, at least for me, as time went on, my goals changed. Um, and you just, uh, yeah, so we have the wrestling and then obviously as time goes on or promotions come along or if you go to this promotion, people know you and that's how you kind of start doing the traveling. And a lot of guys just, I mean, other guys just stayed down. And then I think a year actually after we were wrestling, just like 2014, that's when AWF came around. So like 2014, 2015 is when more promotion started coming. And uh, obviously, like, you get more work that way in order you just kind of get your name out there as much as you can. But, yeah, man, I mean, wrestling-wise, after once I started training, everything just kind of became so consistent. So, like, since, uh, since I started training. So, 2013, April 13, 2013 was my first match. And I had maybe six months at that school. Uh, before I started, but before that, and a lot of people, obviously they, they have like, Oh, you start, you trained and you got into wrestling quick, but they don't realize that I was doing like a year, year and a half slowly of learning like the basic bumps and ropes like that. So once I, when I started at this school, I already kind of knew the basics. It was just more fine tuning and learning psychology and learning all that stuff. So, uh, you get started on that and yeah, well, from there it was just nonstop. So I started there. And when AWF, when once we closed down, AWF eventually started their school. So ever since I've started, I've been around in some shape or form. You know what I mean? Like I trained, obviously, at our school and wrestled. And then when AWF opened their school, I was there. So my trainer was running training there. So I was helping him out and obviously still training myself. And it's just been nonstop. Like in the last April will be 10 years uh, so that, since my first match. And in that time, other than the pandemic, which I don't think anybody counts. So other than those eight months, eight, nine months or whatever, uh, like I've never stopped. 
You know what I mean? It's always been like a show or two or three sometimes on the weekends, training three, four days a week uh, and stuff like that. Like it's a, it's, it's always go, it's always go time. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's just from, for me, who's like mainly stayed in the Southwest. You take a guy like Hammerstone who's traveling everywhere. It's like nonstop from a flight on Friday to fly somewhere else on Saturday to drive here on a Sunday. Like it's just, it's so, uh, it, it can be very extreme uh, in how much you have to dedicate yourself to it. And I always, I tell people this kind of has to become your life or it does if you have like that passion for it, if you want to do it or if you find a success for it. Yeah, you definitely got to have that passion and dedication and just going into, you mentioned AWF, uh, Arizona Wrestling Federation. Can you describe to us your first year there? Just how, what was it like just uh, starting it off, just being a part of them for the first year? When we first started, so when we debuted, it was me and Evan uh, got teamed up. And that kind of like started the, the sprinkling of us becoming in like official tag team years later. Uh, but we came in together, uh, had a couple tag matches, and we were still both new. So we kind of agreed in a sense that we kind of wanted to do our own thing to just see what we have. Just because we were so fresh. So everybody, everybody kind of wants to do their thing. You know, like I love tag team wrestling. But at that time, I'm thankful that we kind of went our own ways just to see what we have. Because it was, yeah, like first first year, year and a half. So I think we both wanted that. What can we do separately? But also together, because obviously when we pitched the idea to do our own thing, we did the angle where I turned on him. So it went from us teaming up to us having like a three-month feud with nothing but gimmick matches so it was like the first one was a hardcore match second one was a strap match the third one was the last man standing so for like three months we just beat the shit out of each other <laughs> uh in the worst way possible um so the first year was nice because it was that and after that uh i think i was trying to still figure out who i was or who i wanted to be i had the idea because obviously with my size and everything the, the stereotypical big guy bully comes to play but i i wanted to be a little more than that. I didn't just want to be another bully because he's big or like another King Kong Bundy type. I'm like, I want to have a little more than that. And so in that experimenting uh, and going through stuff after me and Evan, things kind of just like died down. Like I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, there was no, I don't want to say there wasn't a spot for me, but there wasn't, I didn't feel like an asset to the promote, to the promotion. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, we're just going to have you wrestle this person. And then the month after that, now we're going to have you wrestle this person. So there was like no context, really nothing there. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I was like, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I just came off of this like four month thing story with, with Evan up to like nothing, you know? Um, so just kind of whatever. And I want to say it was 2016. Cause I took a break. I ended up leaving for AWF for a while. And uh, they brought me back for their wild card rumble. And that year was a really cool year because uh, I won the Wildcard Rumble and then I started the feud with uh, Elric Reiner, which ended up going through twists and turns for almost a year. You know, I mean, it went from that to that. And when you think about it in hindsight now, like thinking about the videos or watching the matches or thinking about like the storyline we had, that whole year was so cool because it went like we could literally put it like on a television show and it'll be like an awesome like 12 month feud that revolved and involved so many different people and not just us two. Yeah. Oh, and I'm glad you brought up Evan Daniels. That was actually my next question about Final Destination. Just you 
Evan Daniels and also uh, Bryce Saturn. Just how did that? I, we you just explained how Evan Daniels came about, but uh, Bryce Saturn as well. How did that take off? So I mean, me and Evan trained together, and we uh, we clicked like right away. You know, I mean, like the first day we met, I think we we talked to like three in the morning in the parking lot, just talking about wrestling and stuff like that. So we we had like a straight up bond like right off the bat. Um, and I know like we do like the brothers of wrestling and stuff. And to me, like he is like my brother, you know what I mean? Like I fucking, I love that dude. Uh, so like, we've always been like in the bond and obviously we teamed up when we first started AWF and then we had this feud. So we've always kind of like been around each other in that sense. And then when CWFA came back, like the television version to in Tucson, uh, they asked us like, do you want to, do you guys want to do this team thing? And at that point, we were like, cool, let's give it a shot. And that's eventually when the Agents of Chaos came about. And we did that for a long time. Uh, obviously, and then when he had his baby, he took a little break. And then that's when he came back as Evil Evan. So, like, even together, we've had all these incarnations of, like, what our team is. And as we've evolved, as we evolved as individuals, like, the team dynamic changed. So, I think we got to a point where we, even when we went on our own, we're like, I feel like we're like a... I don't want to use this comparison. I'm not saying we're DX, but like this DX factor to where like you had like a Triple H and a Sean and when you see them together, it makes sense, but you then they could also do their own things. You know, they can go away for like six months and be completely separate from each other, do their own things. They're viable singles competitors. But then when they click back up, it's like, and never, it never stopped. You know what I mean? So like if they're always DX, no matter what, whether they are or not, they're always like DX together. You know what I mean? So I think we had that dynamic and then Bryce was uh, training at the AWF Academy and they asked me to be his first match for a showcase. So I was his first match. And then from there, I kind of just took him under my, my wing because I, I saw the passion he wanted and the goals he wanted. And we talked and he listened out of the, the class that was there. In my opinion, he was the one that, was willing to put in actual work the most. And I know this will stir shit up and people are going to talk shit. I don't give a fuck. And I'm not saying other people didn't have that want, but in conversations and through actions, through actual actions, it, to me, it seemed like he wanted it the most. Right. Um, Cause from his body, I'm like, okay, you got to do this work or you want to, you know, you want to look like Evan, like this is the stuff you got to do. And right away he would do shit to fix it. You know what I mean? You got to get to it. You got to get to a gym. Working out at home can only do so much for you. And within like a week, he's like, hey, I got a gym membership. Hey, you got a tan. Okay, within like a month, I'm, hey, I'm tanning. Or, and always training, nonstop. Still going to training, doing all that. So he's always put in the work uh, on every aspect and he listens, you know. Um, So I kind of took him in. I consider him to be like my first official student. I helped like my trainer help guys, you know, train. Like when we had like Watson and Classic start off when they all started. Uh, my trainer was the one running the class and I was there. So I was training and then also helping him uh, with all that. So I got to see all these guys come up and grow and be who they are, who they are right now. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I consider Bryce to be like my first one. And I wanted to help him out by getting him out more. So I'm like, hey, for now, I'm like, let's do a team because Evan can't really travel out. So I'm like, we're going to be a tag team so I can get you to Vegas, get you to California get you to know people and we'll be done from there. And people love the dynamic of the tag team. I felt we had good chemistry as far as entering competition goes. And it just kind of clicked from there. And when ICW came around, 
he got an opportunity there, uh, impressed the promoter and the people booking it. And he just kind of went off of there. And the promoter saw that him and I were teaming up everywhere else. And obviously everybody knows Evan and I team up. So just and through conversation, it became a thing of like, do you guys all want to be like a unit? And I love the idea of like, yes, because we can team up in different fashions and we can still do our singles things and do whatever we want. So it became like a, a faction more of, we don't have to team up in a sense. You know what I mean? Like we can do whatever we want, uh, every variation. And I feel like everybody in that group can do well, whether it's tag team or singles. And obviously for IZW, Bryn fit uh, what we needed and what we wanted. So for, for IZW, like they just kind of brought the four of us together in that sense. So it's kind of like a real life thing. You know what I mean? Like we're all close. We all actually hang out. You don't just like, hey, I'll see you at the next show next month. Like me and Evan live together. Uh, I see Bryce. Bryce still trains. We go to the gym together. So like this is like real life shit. You know what I mean? Like Lauren, I met uh, Bryn. I met her. Uh, sorry, I just gave out your shoot name, Bryn. <laughs> uh, Bryn, uh, I met her when she was like 14, 15 training. You know what I mean? So it's like there's this real life dynamic here. And I feel like you need that in wrestling like when you're teaming up or in your faction. It makes it so much better when the people in it actually like each other. And it's not just to say, hey, I need two of you guys to team up and they hate each other and it just doesn't work out. So I feel that's why we come across as like an actual good group because the dynamic in the ring and out the ring is just, just the same. Oh, yeah, I agree. I was there for a couple of your uh, tag team matches as well. But even then, there was one event that stuck out for me last year. You guys lost the eight-man tag match. You, I believe it was Chubby Depp. I could be wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you believe it was you, Chubby Depp, or uh, Ricky Riot, Reyes, and uh those losers. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, Evan Daniels as well. And you just beat the crap out of the ref. You be you like you're beating the crap out of Ricky, you're beating the crap out of Chubby. But that throughout that whole time, because this is my very first time here, so I'm like. How come Evan Daniels ain't getting beat up? Like, I'm like, how come he's just, you know, just sitting here chilling, just watching the ass whooping? You know, like, I'm like, how is that possible? But no, that you makes know. that makes perfect sense. And watching you guys just travel around, even to, to Vegas, to, you know, going into party, just going into party hard uh, to, uh, championship wrestling. Like, how was how was going to Vegas and how was uh, some of the other promotions traveling with uh, well, Ricky, not Ricky, excuse me, traveling with Evans and uh, Bryce? Uh, I mean, for Vegas, it was Wes, uh, Project Wes, uh, Beast. He uh, gave me an opportunity versus when they first started. And uh, I always had a good relationship. That dude is cool as fuck. He takes no shit. He knows what he's doing. And he's like a pleasure to have around. Like he builds a good locker room and a good production and a good show. So I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, he gave me the opportunity to show myself, my skills in a different state. So I've had like that relationship with him for a while. So when Bryce first started, um, I was like, Hey, we're doing this team. I'm going to bring you up. And I talked to Wes and obviously there's that trust. You know what I mean? I feel like anytime a promoter has asked me, do you have anybody you can bring or I have brought somebody? Uh, most of the time it's been a success or they see something or they like them. So you kind of build that trust where if I need people, I trust someone like, Hey, do you have anyone you can bring with you? And I'm, it's not even like a, I want to take credit that I put these people on the spot. It's more that I'm thankful that I have the ability to have been able to show someone like, Hey, here's these people. And then they can do their thing. 
and show their skills. You know what I mean? From there, it's them. Like, I am not going to sit here and take credit for all that. It's just more of like, I'm happy that I put myself in a position or have the reputation with people that they'll trust me enough to at least give someone else a chance. And then from there, I'm like, it's all you, you know what I mean? Like show your professionalism, your skills and all that. Um, Championship wrestling. That's kind of how that was because, you know, we had people at the AWF Academy. So there were guys I'm like, Hey, come help. And that was pretty much that. They would just literally just show up to help put the ring up, put it down. And like, that's it. Or, and help with whatever we needed during the show. And people see that, you know, promoters and like, Hey, who's that? Or who's this? Or, I'll tell them, like, hey, man, I brought, like, four of my guys, you know, if you want to give them a look or just to see. And they send their work, and it's just, it's kind of like trying to find a job. You know what I mean? Here's my resume. This is what I do. And I'll help you out with whatever you need kind of thing. And uh, I remember for uh, Watson specifically, there was one day where nobody, everybody dipped out after the show was over. So it was, like, the promoter, one of the promoters, me, Evan, Watson, maybe one other person putting everything away. And I think Watson had come to help a few times already. And the promoter pulled me inside. He's like, he's like, is that one of your guys? I was like, yeah. He's like, can, is he like, where is he wrestling already? Is he working? I was like, yes. And he looks at him and he's like, I'm like, he's like, what's his name? I was like, Watson. He looks at him and he's like, Watson, uh, next show you're booked. So just to, to seeing how helpful he was, booked him. And then Watson took whatever they gave him for championship wrestling and made it, made it his own, made it his thing. And they fucking loved him. You know what I mean? Like he did, that's where he got the start of the, he is Watson and did all that. So I feel that's where he kind of like started learning, found himself and was able to have like that charisma just exploded out. Um, uh, Aguila, classic. And, you know, there's a lot of people that I'm like, yeah, these guys are good. And then they come in and then they show that they're useful and that they can do something for this promotion. And they did the work from there. You know what I mean? They, I helped get them there and then they made me look good by doing a good job, you know? So to me, it's just like, I'm just happy that I can be like, yo, give this person an opportunity or I have people, if you ever need someone and that I'm trusted in that sense. And it's the same with Wes, with Versus. I'm like, Hey man, and I was like, don't put me some tax stuff. I have a student and I want to, you know, get him to, like, to work different people. And it's the same thing. It's like, cool, man. It's like, bring them down, have some tag matches. And we did, and he liked them. Uh, Bryce impressed people. So now it's to the point where, you know, he's he's doing good promos, uh, entering. And I was like, cool, that's what I wanted. You know what I mean? I, I put that opportunity there and he took it and fucking ran with it. Same thing for California, stuff like that. Um, and I mean, Evan and I have always like grinded together. So we do what we can, you know, whether it's wrestling people or putting people over, just kind of like, just saying, Hey, this person is good. Give them a chance. And then those people, it's up to them to take advantage of that opportunity, you know, uh, party hard. When that first started, uh, Brendan just reached out to me. He's like, Hey, I want, you know, these are the guys I see from the state to, to be a part of the show. And that's kind of what you do. You know what I mean? You get on a show, you make a good impression in and out of the ring. And if they see you as an asset, you're welcome back. And obviously there's a big debate as to, uh, I know I sometimes throw out polarizing comments as to what I feel should it should take to get booked. You know, I feel sometimes people get on shows just because they're nice, but they're not the greatest. You know, I feel some people need to be told more that they're not good. Because uh, I like to, I mean, it sucks to hear it. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, that match was not good. Yeah, it, it stings a little bit, but it, it's going to only help you more later when it's like, okay, but at least tell me how to fix it. 
You know what I mean? Obviously, I don't want someone to be like, hey, bro, you fucking suck. Right. You know, cool. But tell me what they need to do better. You know what I mean? You got to tell me that. And and you got to learn from it. You know what I mean? If you're going to go through this journey and just try to hide from anybody who's going to tell you that you need to work on something, you're not going to be any good. So I'm just glad I'm, I have been able to help people, even if it's just a little bit. And then I, it's so cool to see them blossom into like what they become. You know what I mean? What they're doing now. Oh man, especially as a as a trainer perspective, it's just because it's not it's not you're not even doing a single thing. It's just I'm putting the word in. Now it's your turn. You know, I can put it in your hands. What's what's that saying? You know, I can you can bring a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it or something like that. Yep. Something along those lines. Yep. Like <laughs> I was like, I know it's older than me, but I had to look out. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, it was all that's actually perfect, and I know that's a great feeling as a trainer to experience. Yeah, no, it's definitely. It's very rewarding to see that. And like I said before, like it's like goals kind of change, you know what I mean? So like in my mind with like my age and, and the stuff I've done, like I guess the perfect way to say it, it's like I've told some of my students the last couple of weeks. I'm like, I've gone from wanting to main event a WrestleMania to wanting to produce a WrestleMania. You know wow. what I mean? Like just the goals change. I still want to do the in-ring stuff. But one of the things my trainer did uh, said a long time ago is you always have to be realistic with yourself you know what i mean like everybody throws around like oh take a look in the mirror and do all this i don't think people really do that sometimes like you literally have to look physically mentally emotional every level look at yourself and be like what is the reality of me and then find your strengths and work on those you know and like from the small aspect of people trying to be something they're not physically you know like when you have someone who like weighs 130 pounds and they're like, I'm trying to be the strong man, power bomb guy. Like, dude, it just doesn't work. Like, just let it go. You know what I mean? Or um, if you want to do a promo a certain way, or if you're like, Oh, I love Bray Wyatt and his promo. So you try to be the scary guy and it doesn't work because you just can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you have to be honest and realistic on every level. And it's not like a bad thing. You can't do something. Just, get the things you can do and keep showing those out. You know, if you, if, if I'm going to go out and wrestle, a, wrestle a match, I'm going to do everything that I know how to do really well. So when I'm done, everybody's like, man, that shit was good. Or that guy is good. But imagine if you went out to a show and said, I'm going to wrestle for 20 minutes. And all I did was everything that I just can't do because I think it's cool. You're going to be like, yo, this guy fucking sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just that impression. And I don't think, I think, uh, I don't think enough people, realize that so i always tell anybody who either asks me for advice or whatever to uh just be honest on every level from your character to your promo to your in-ring work to what you look like like look at yourself be honest with it and focus on your strengths you know what i mean so like uh bryce is really that promo so i'm like you should do promos for everything the talking will get you over you know and i mean his in-ring his in-ring work is getting better and better as he progresses because he's wrestling different people I'm like, eventually you're going to have this package, you know, just keep working on your body, get bigger. And uh, eventually you'll be there. You'll be the the complete thing. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's just uh, for me, it got to a point where from like age and every, I mean, every single aspect, I was like, there's, there's no realistic. If there's a cap at like, we're not hiring anybody past 30, like I'm already done on that thing alone. So like, and it's not like a, a thing to feel bad about. It's just more like, okay, if I want to be in the business, what can I do? What am I good at now? What can I get better at to be there? 
you know, like I know uh, there's like if you got to try out, if you want to try out as a wrestler for WWE, they're like, you know what? You're not that good at wrestling, but you look like you could be a good ref. Most people are like, no, fuck that. I want to wrestle. Right. Like, you're going to make money working for like the biggest company in the world. Like you just got to, you know what I mean? Like you got to evaluate things like that or just be honest and be like, what is my best option? What is best for me at this point? And I think sometimes pride just gets in the way of shit like that. Um, and you just, but you just got to do it. So for me, I'm like, at my point, I'm closer to the end of in-ring stuff than I am to the beginning of it. And that's just the reality of it. But I love helping people and training people and doing backstage stuff for wrestling shows and stuff like that. Like I helped book and put together wrestle drag. So like I enjoy it's stressful as fuck, but I enjoy doing stuff like that. So I'm like, even when I can't do in-ring stuff or when I'm capped out and like, this is as far as I'm going to get to me, that's perfectly fine. Cause I, as far as my personal life goes, I've done way more than I ever thought I could way more than any of my family or friends told me growing up that I would achieve. So I've succeeded. You know what I mean? I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if people are like, if you weren't WWE champion, you didn't make it. Like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I made it for what my personal reasons are. And and now I want to take a step and do other stuff. I want to produce. I want to be an agent. That is my goal. And that is a realistic goal for me. Oh man, that's incredible. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna get back to that real fast because I'm gonna jump into yeah. one quick topic real fast. Cause Final Destination went up against Project West and SBR for the party hard tag team championships. You guys ended up winning, but at the very end of the match, uh, you had a promo and you said that you came out in December 2019. Uh yeah. just to touch on that a little bit, uh how how accepting has the wrestling community been and how how hard was that promo for you? Or was it pretty easy? Uh, I mean, at, at that point, that specific promo, uh, it was still, I was still nervous because it's still kind of new to me. And because it was that type of show, um, it was like new, it was like coming out all over again in a sense. So I was nervous, but it's like, it just felt right. Cause I didn't plan it. It was literally just had, we were just planning to have the match and that's it. And in that moment, just seeing the crowd and seeing like, my two communities blended into one. I was like, I got to take this moment and kind of speak out on it. Um, but I mean, the community, I mean, in general, like everybody was way more accepting than I ever thought. Like it was to the point where I'm like, fuck, I should have done this sooner. Cause obviously there's such a buildup and you're waiting. And I mean, it's always been accepting because I've known people that wrestle from the community, but I think for me personally, a lot of it had to do with, like just me as a person, like the way I look, the way I, I'm presented, I'm not traditional or stereotypical. Like all these things were coming into play. And I was like, I don't know. Right. I'm like, oh, I, I I'm a guy that jokes around. So I'm like, if I'm like, is anybody that I've ever joked around with going to think that I wanted to do this or that? Like all these things were coming uh, in my, in my head when I was through this process. And on top of that, I was still figuring out things for myself. So I'm like, I don't want to say anything. I don't know for sure. So it was just like, there was a lot going on. Uh, from a personal wrestling standpoint, from a even personal standpoint, you know, I mean, I grew up in a Hispanic macho house. So I'm like, it's just in that culture, you grow up and you're like, you know, if you're crying, you're a girl. If you do this, you're this. We don't show emotion. We don't tell each other we love each Like, so I have all that. And I was like, okay, so I'm not supposed to, right? I'm not supposed to be anything. Or if I am I'm supposed to like keep it down. And, uh, and then with wrestling, it was kind of the same thing. I was like, what if nobody talks to me? Or what if, people expect certain things from me 
And, and even then, like, as I told people, I'm like, I don't want to, like, I, I want to find out who I am as a person, but I don't want to kind of lavish in things that I'm not. So like, I don't want to come out. And then the next show I'm like, all right, Charles, you're going to run out and fucking rainbow knee pads and the flag oh, yeah. and the cape and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with it, but I'm like, it's not how I want to present myself. Like, right. You know, at least in this time, like I want to show how proud I am of who I am my way. So like, I didn't want to change things like abruptly just to, because I thought I had to do certain things, you know? Um, and yeah, when I came out the process, uh, Evan was the first person I told. And, um, and then from there, I decided I want to tell more people. So like the people I consider close friends, uh, it was always at the gym. I don't know if the gym just gave me courage or whatever, but I would be at the gym and I was like, all right, I'm texting this person. And I would just kind of let certain people, individuals know one by one. And all the responses were good, were good. And there's this uh, band called I Prevail, and their music video was um, like home footage with just like text explaining a story of like their band coming up. You know what I mean? Like how they toured, and then their tour bus caught on fire, and they had to kind of rebuild and restart from the beginning again. But now they're finding success. Like it was like this success story in a sense but with all, all the trials and tribulations and uh mm. i love music i love music videos like again like all production stuff like i love like shit like that so that video that music video was like super cool to me and when i heard the song without the video like the lyrics resonated to me in my way and in my head i was like man if i come out i'm gonna use this song it's just it's what i said kind of joking kind of but not really and i used to do a lot of vlogging so i have a bunch of like clips and one day I was sitting there and I was like, how would I put this together? And I pretty much replicated their music video, but according to me and okay. my situation. So I made a video to that song with like my shit and explaining, pretty much coming out through text and like videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is my way to do it because this is how I feel I communicate the best. You know what I mean? Like if I fucking give a shit about you or if I'm mad about you or whatever, I'm probably going to send you a fucking YouTube music video song. Like, listen to this. And, or even like social media, like I post a lot of like songs from Spotify or music clips or uh, lyrics and shit like that. And, uh, and yeah, so I held on that video for a while. And there was a couple of times where I was about to post it and I would just delete the draft. But I started telling people and one day I just said, fuck it, posted the video on my personal Facebook and going we were going to the gym and obviously getting comments and stuff like that and then i started getting messages and texts where people asking like hey i heard about this uh what's going on and it was people that weren't on that personal facebook right it was like wrestling stuff so i'm like dude all these people are asking should i just make it public and just let everybody know because people are going to find out eventually and evan's like it's up to you if you want so i shared it on the wrestling page and i was at the gym and after I left the gym, like just the notifications and the comments like flooded. Flood, I was overwhelmed with uh, positive uh, comments and stuff like that. And there was, uh, it was very nice. You know what I mean? Like there was, uh, I that was the last thing I was expecting. I think it was more because of me in my head and not the people. You know, like I was expecting like just the worst thing. Like, all right, I'm probably not going to wrestle after this. People are going to hate me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was like obviously the complete opposite. You know what I mean? Like the comments were just flooded. I got calls, messages, texts, and it was uh, very nice. So that made me feel like, okay, this is 
such a weight off my shoulders to not only to do it, but to get the reaction that I did, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, the first, the, after that, the, the scariest thing was doing my first show just cause you know, in person and stuff like that. But it was, it was nice on both ends. Cause you had the people that pulled me aside and told me they were proud of me and, and all that stuff. And that was really nice. And then you have the group who just kept going about life. Like it was like, nothing's different. And that was to me just as nice. You know what I mean? Like, Cause it was like, you're still you, we're still the same, like nothing's changed. So like just both aspects were like, um, made me feel good. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't feel like things changed in that sense. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, even on a personal level, like family and stuff like that, everything was, was pretty positive. Um, and in that time, I think one of the biggest things that made me realize I made the right choice is I have, I've had fans. And people message me and be like, uh, it's like, you help me be comfortable with myself or you help me also come out and do this. Uh, and it was because of the thing I was scared of, which is like my appearance and the way I'm, I present myself, you know what I mean? I'm not a traditional, I guess is the word, but, uh, so people that are in the same boat as I am reached out and were like, because you have the courage to do it and you don't give a fuck and you're proud of it. Like it made me feel better about it. And I, and that made me realize like I love representing the community. And when I started learning more about the community and saw like the stigmas and some of the hate people get, especially like by people, there's so, so much hate because it's just like, or oh, you're greedy, you're this, you're that, you're this. And I was like, fuck, dude. Like I have, I want to, to be someone that can use their platform to kind of stand up for these people, you know? And, uh, and like I said, like I have an e-pad with the colors on it. I put it on my entrance jacket to show like pride in my way, you know what I mean? That I'm part of who I am. And the fact that I get people hitting me up or messaging me and telling me that it's helped them in a sense makes it, um, if I can do that, if I have any kind of power to be able to represent that community that way, uh, then I will continue to do it for fucking as long as I live. Yeah, man, that's great. And that's still inspirational as well, because well, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that still, you know, hasn't said anything yet. And then the fact that you also just said that you've helped a lot of people, that's still a that's still a blessing all around. And then there, there, there's a one independent wrestler that's just tearing, that's just tearing down. This is tearing down barriers right now. That's just pretty much he doesn't care about what you think at all. He's going to have himself a. Uh, 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 whatever match he feels possible, and that guy I'm talking about is Effie. You know, oh, you, yeah. we're looking at his match with John Moxley. You know, there's a bunch of older wrestling guys that can't stand, you know, that type of wrestling. But yeah. right now, this is this is this wrestling. This it when we always say this, you know, there's every type of every, this every type of wrestling for any for everybody. You know, there's we're not gonna there's no singling down, you know, wrestling because it's all right. forms. And so, just going back to Effie. And you actually uh, got into, into the ring with him one on one, and you actually he punched you with the pinata, bro. <laughs> he did, punch <laughs> but then you threw him into said pinata. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you stole this, and you stole his title. Yeah, I, stole I, I, I love Effie. Effie's fucking cool as fuck. Yeah, that was the next question. How was it of uh, wrestling against a man taking the taking the title from Arizona uh, State Championship? Uh, honestly, Effie. My experience with Effie is like. One thing I've learned, especially in wrestling, I mean, you can take this with life in general, but is you're always going to have people that have feelings about other people. And they're going to be like, yo, don't talk to this person because they're this or this or that. And I'm, I'm still working on it, but I've learned that you can't necessarily explain shit like that. And it's with everything, like music, 
uh, physical attractiveness with everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, like, what do you listen to? Oh, I listen to fucking Post Malone. And instead of saying, oh, I'm not a fan of Post Malone, like, oh, he sucks. And I think we just have this natural instinct to just automatically say something is bad because we don't like it, as opposed to just like, oh, I'm not a fan of that music or whatever. Or, hey, what do you think of this person? You know what I mean? Like on an aesthetic, physical level, we're like too quick to jump like, nah, they're ugly, as opposed to just saying, I'm not attracted to that, which is more, you know what I mean? Not jumping on this whole like super offensive thing, but I think it's just better to have as a mentality to be like, well, I'm not attracted to this person, but you are, you know what I mean? And that's totally fine because we're not, and who are we to judge what everybody else likes in that sense? You know what I mean? So I've been working hard on learning how to like, adjust that vocabulary to make it because you don't want to demean people's stuff. You know what I mean? Like I have people who listen to stuff that I don't like, but I'm like, I'm like Oh, your shit sucks. Cause I'd probably yeah. be pissed off. Someone's like, bro, you like corn? Like they fucking they're trash. I'm like, fuck you. So it's just like, <laughs> you can't do the same thing, you know? Um, so just adjusting that vocabulary. But, uh, but again, with key insight, same thing with people like this person's fucking garbage. Like going back to when I was training, and they're like, these people suck. These people are this. When I met these people, they were cool as fuck to me. So in my mind, I was like, well, they might have heat with each other, but it doesn't affect me. Like, I'm going to make my own judgment by how my interactions are with this person, how they treat me. And that's what I'm going to judge it on. Like, I'm not going to hate someone because you hate them. You know, unless it's something like, like someone fucking fucks Evan over and treats him like shit. Obviously, you're on my shit list. Right. But as far as it's just a personal thing, like, well, I don't like them because they do this, like, cool, well, I'm going to make my own judgment. And uh, I think that just in wrestling, you, I think you have to do that. So no matter what happens or what I hear, or what I, like, I'm like, once I meet this person, I'll make my judgments, right? Um, and I think it's worked out better because it just makes for better, like, relationships in wrestling and life and everything. Um, yeah, but meeting uh, Effie, I, I saw, like, there was one promo he did a long time ago. And it was when I first, I think that's how I got to, know who he was and this three minute promo was like fucking funny it was like legit like true feelings and stuff it was dope so to like fast forward and be able to like work with him and just from working with him from every aspect not just even the wrestling match like every aspect of putting that match together was such a pleasure uh he's funny he's real um and he's like humble you know what i mean like one of the things is there's guys who are like at a certain level and they're such a pleasure to work with. And then you have super egotistical guys who are kind of nobodies to be honest. And they act like fucking assholes. And I was like, this is wild. Like me and Evan had a match with Reno scum, two matches with Reno scum with championship wrestling. And obviously these guys have been around the world. Right. So I think you have an impression like, man, these guys are going to tell us what to do or do whatever humble, like such a pleasure to work with. And it's so cool because I'm like, these are actual veterans. These are actual experienced wrestlers. And you can tell, you can have someone who's been around for like 15, 20 years that knows what they're doing. And then someone who's just kind of hung around wrestling for 15, 20 years that fucking are assholes and are nothing, essentially. Like, let's be honest. So it's always nice to experience stuff with, with names who have traveled, who are good at what they do and are like a pleasure to work with, like in every aspect. And Effie is definitely one of them. Uh, obviously, to me, he's, I don't know if role model would be the phrase, but like I look up to him in that sense because he was like, these are the people I looked at, like him, uh, Pero, 
uh, who's like a monster. You know what I mean? He does like NWA and stuff like that. He's a monster. And I looked at his uh, documentary of him coming out and stuff like that. And these stories helped me. Um, and I reached out and all anybody that I reached out to uh, messaged me back and they were part of the, of the helping process with me coming out. Like that just helped me out so much. And they didn't have to because they didn't know who the fuck I was. So they don't, they, you could just skip the message, you know, but they all reached back. They all chatted for a while and they helped me through this process. Um, yeah, just hanging out with Effie, putting the match together was fun. The actual match was fun. You know what I mean? Just to, to have that experience was, uh, was really cool. But yeah, man, Effie's a real deal. And again, to like wrestling, uh, you said it perfect. It's if all of wrestling was one way, it would be boring as fuck. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want to see, and obviously everybody has their opinions. Oh, it should be like the eighties and this and that, whatever. If, if I go to a show, I don't want to go to a show and see eight matches with fucking all American tough guys who want to be masculine, bro. I don't give right. a shit. Like we get it. Give me like two of them and that's it. That's all I want. But to see fucking eight matches of that, you know what I mean? It goes with everything. Do I want to see eight death matches? No. Do I want to see eight comedy matches? No. Do I want to see eight tough guy fucking blood matches? No. <laughs> Imagine if you go to a show and out of the 16 wrestlers, 16 bleed. Like, oh, yeah. fuck, bro. Like, you, you guys got to go check, get checked and check yourself for like hepatitis or something. <laughs> uh, so it's like, to me, the beauty of wrestling is like the variety, you know? And I always tell people, I was like, even if I'm not a fan of the type of wrestling, uh, I'm not going to like shit on it. I'm like, what I have a problem with is the training aspect. You know what I mean? As long as you can keep yourself safe, your opponent safe, and you know your basics and fundamentals, do whatever the fuck you want. There's As long as the fans love it and there's someone that wants to see it, who gives a shit what I think? You know what I mean? You're not training and wrestling and performing to please me. You're doing it to get fans and please the fans. And if they're happy and whoever you're trying to work for is happy, then fuck whoever doesn't give a shit about it. It's just the way it is. And... uh and the more I learn it and more I learn that and accept it and process that, the honestly, I think the better I've gotten. Because I think I've always tried to mold myself a certain way to please certain people. And the minute I stopped doing that, you know what I mean? I was like, I'll take bits and pieces. Like, anybody who's ever taken the time to give me advice on any level that's better than me or more experienced, I'll take something. And I'll, I, I tell people I build myself off of this. I've taken bricks from anybody who's taken the time to give me advice. And that's how I built me. But I don't want to be one person. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a version of my trainer. I don't want to be a version of any mentor who's like, help me out. Like, I don't want to be them. You know, but you have guys who are like, if you don't do it, things exactly my way, you're not good. Or they just take it as like, you obviously don't want to get better. And it has nothing to do with that. It's just more like people love what they love. You know, I grew up watching 80s, 90s wrestling, but I can still appreciate like some of the, crazy shit that happens now, you know what I mean? The high spots or whatever. Um, I don't want to see eight matches of it, but I can appreciate all types. If you gave me a show and you're like, here's a comedy match and here's a hardcore match and here's like the tough guy match or whatever, but they all know what they're doing. I love that fucking show. I just want people, like to me, it's just more of as long as people know what they're doing and a professional and an asset to the company in the locker room, that's all I care about. As far as your style or what you do, as long as the fans are happy, that's that's all that fucking matters you know and i think effie is a big representative of that because people yeah people can shit on him but like look where he's at exactly you know what i mean people are watching him you know what i mean like should he stop that for the one person who's fucking 
so pissed off sitting on his fucking couch. Like, no, dude, he's making fucking money. He's on fucking everywhere. People know his name. The guy takes the time to like be on Twitch and watch other people wrestle. Like he's an asset to people because he's helping others while doing his own thing. He does the gay brunches and brings out people from the community into one show. You know what I mean? Like he's not a selfish person to be like, he could just literally be like F E F E F E. He's doing all this stuff to like help others, you know? So for anybody to be like, Oh, I don't like the fact that he fucking did this. Like, Fuck off, dude. <laughs> right. And he, he said he's having a great year too. Even before yeah, John yeah. Moxley, Jeff Jarrett was in his face. Like some yeah. people, a lot of people would dream to have a legend, a, a WWE WCW legend just in their presence, oh, yeah. alone wrestle with him. So he's oh, yeah. and, and here's the thing you take guys like a Jeff Jarrett, Moxley, and all those guys. Yeah. If if they didn't want to work with someone for whatever reason, they wouldn't. So it should show it should be a testament to Effie that these people worked with him and wanted to, you know what I mean? So for all these shit bags that are saying they don't like this, I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to like it, but it doesn't make this person bad or bad for the business. You know what I mean? Bad yeah. for the business are fucking scumbags that cheat you, that harass people that those are fucking scumbags. These are the shit. Those are the ones I need to leave. But for someone to entertain someone and just because it's not your type of entertainment, it doesn't, it doesn't make this bad. Yeah, and a lot of people has to hear that. A lot of people also have to hear just about your a lot of your championship success. Your two time <laughs> AWF uh, champion, heavyweight champion. You were the Arizona yeah. champion. We were Char- Arizona state champion. Uh, VWE venue wrestling entertainment tag team champion. Party hard tag team champion. Like you, you've done a lot. Like what is how do how do you see your career right now? When even being a- AWF champion right now, how has this reign been for you? Uh, honestly, this one is probably my favorite one because it's made me want to work harder. You know what I mean? When I went, I take pride in holding a belt because to me, it's like someone put, it was trusting me with the responsibility to have this from a promotional standpoint, from a match, from every standpoint. And so when I get that responsibility, I want to work as hard as I can to do it justice from a promo level, a presentation level, a wrestling match level. Uh, Cause I want people to be like, okay, this is a championship match as opposed to just like, Oh, it's just another match with the belt or whatever. And bringing in uh, the new design for the belt, like every little aspect to me was very important to make this mean something. You know what I mean? I've had that one for over 200 days now, you know what I mean? And I defended it wherever I, wherever I could. Uh, I asked for like whatever top talent they can bring in. Uh, and I try to have the, the best matches, you know what I mean? It's just the way it is. And promo wise, I try to promote it properly and, uh, present it and show it off like what it's supposed to be, which is a heavyweight champion, a prestigious title. And to me, the thing is, I believe in the belt shouldn't make the person, the person should make the belt. And I feel very confident that I have made that belt mean more than it has like in a long time to be honest it's like can you tell me the last four champions before me you know what i mean exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not nothing against them you know what I mean? but like i worked hard for that you know what i mean because i'm i'm putting in the work to make that happen and, and that's close with any belt you know what i mean like uh the first time i had the awf belt it was a super short run and uh, i wanted to make up for that uh, i had the championship wrestling from arizona uh, state title and that was like a year long process to get that. You know what I mean? Obviously, pandemic stopped a lot of things. Um, 
but I try to make it mean something. Tag titles, I try to put on best tag matches and make that the I love tag team wrestling. So I want, I want, if I'm in a position where I'm in a doing tag team stuff, I want to make it to the point where I'm like, yo, this tag team is good or these belts mean so much that they need to main event a show. Like that's what I want to make any tag team story or division I'm a part of uh, look like. Um, when I had the VW heavyweight title, same thing. I was like, I want to make this mean something. Because um, I, again, it's like the opportunity to just be so good that these belts have get more meaning and more prestige. Uh, same thing with the Party Hard Tag titles, the versus. This year was wild, man, because I did not expect. I was actually going to, I was planning on taking it easy this year. And <laughs> just with like teaming up with Bryce and all these un, uh, unexpected things that happened, all this stuff built up. Because I wasn't planning on taking a student under my wing, right? I wasn't planning on taking over training class. Like, that was not in my plans this year at all. And it just kind of happened. And I enjoy it. And, uh, it's just kind of built from there. You know what I mean? I guess we built such a good dynamic that they're like, we're going to put this on you. We're going to do this for you. And we took it. And just being a part of like his first title, you know, have Bryce having his first titles and to the point where when we did the versus comic con and by, by the end of that night, we were like four straps in, you know what I mean? Like it was such a good feeling to, to just kind of like have, have so many people trust me with that responsibility and him to be able to do that. So we always put in the work that we can on that stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah, and I feel like maybe I think that work ethic is what makes people want to give you the responsibility. Cause you're like, this person is cares about this, um, is proud of this. So we want to put this on this person, you know, and I want, I want to make that so prestigious that the next person that has it, they're proud of it. And it's considered like something big, you know what I mean? Like it's just as opposed to just, oh, the title just changed hands again or just another one. I don't want to be just another one, you know. Yeah, no, that was perfectly explained because love you like and everything, the matches that you put on through this reign, they've meant something. I mean, when Chubby Depp won the wild card rumble, he walks out and everybody's crowd going wild, like he's really a fan favorite. And even in the beginning of the match, you know, no handshakes, it's just straight fists, you know, and then finally you get the win. And he's getting put over at the very end. It was like everything. Yeah. And then lights, then lights, camera factions on your ass. You know, and then it's like, oh man, <laughs> so, those guys painting my ass, but they're so fucking good, dude. You cannot deny it. They're so good. Yeah, no, they're, they're amazing. They're amazing. And you brought up a uh, Watson as well. When, when me and Devin were at AWF for a split second, he was one of the guys that just stayed in the ring. Like during, even during breaks, during, Resting periods, like he was just in the ring 24-7, feet planet. Like that's dedication. That's somebody you would want to see there. Just that was just a memory that just thought of it's just he's definitely a hard worker. And you're doing a whole I lot will say too, Watson is I told him this the other day on Watson probably has my favorite entrance. Right <laughs> like if you watch him, he is the perfect example of like act act like you would if no one was watching you in the room. And if you see him, yeah. he's just vibing, he's doing his own thing. I was like, bro, I wish I had the swag that you have. Like him coming out like that makes me want to like do an entrance like that. But I'm like, it's just, it's not my style, but I'm like, it's so cool to see the confidence and the charisma and all that. Just, I was like, dude, I'm like, he, you have it down. Like he has, and he's not even done yet, but like, he has already found himself at a point. You know what I mean? And 
if this is this isn't even like that prime level yet, like I can only imagine what the guy's gonna fucking reach. Uh, I'm very proud of the guy. He has he ever since I met him and he started training, he has always worked hard. He has never complained, never made excuses, done the drives, done everything. You know what I mean? And now he's in this like dope ass faction. In reality, to to be honest, like even considering the big the big names, probably one of the better factions. Like as far as a unit promos. Their in-ring work, like these four are like a collective, like fucking unstoppable force, in my opinion. Like I could see this faction in any like big time promotion, legit. And then if you look at any like factions in like in AEW or WWE or Impact and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. Like I think they, from every level, promo, presentation, entrance and wrestling, they could hang with any one of those, any other faction. You know what I mean? And, uh, so I'm very proud and happy to see him find find that at least at this point. And yeah, man, the ent- their entrance is is wild. They are very good. Uh, the match I had with Ice is probably my favorite, definitely my favorite match this year. Uh, for sure, one of my favorites like of all time. Just between the crowd, the vibe. Again, if you watch that back, just the crowd reactions. Like that's yeah. we got to a point where that belt meant so much, and it felt like an actual you know main event for a heavyweight prestigious title like just every aspect of the crowd the, the story the dynamic everything was fucking on point you know what i mean i hate them for cutting my hair off but <laughs> they, they did the work you know what i mean it, it was definitely one of my favorites and uh they i they're gonna get all the success that they deserve because they fucking worked their asses off for it man that's good and look i apologize we're already an hour in I mean, I mean for that, but look, what you, oh, you're good. you said has just been amazing. And we just want to know, is there any advice you would want to give the people looking to get into the wrestling business that are just not sure yet about it? All right. Um, well, the first thing I would say is before you start to even think about going to school, make sure you're in some kind of physical shape. And I don't mean you have to look like Hammerstone or be about, I always use Hammerstone because that guy is a fucking, such a workhorse. Yeah. That guy has busted his ass. I, again, these guys, like I love seeing it because I was around them in their early stages. You know what I mean? And it's like Hammerstone didn't get to where he's at now with the fucking magic potion. Like yeah. he, that guy works his fucking ass off to get to where he's at. And for people, when people say like, oh, you just got this because of this, I'm like, no, dude, this person's worked his fucking ass off for years and years and years so i love to see like the success they have but uh again you don't have to look like him uh it'd be nice if you did but <laughs> be when i say some kind of physical shape i don't mean like jack in this i just mean to a point where again when you people your people are putting their bodies like literal bodies in your hands and if you aren't capable of protecting someone it's very dangerous or protecting yourself i have a guys come in and have them do squats and can't get through squats. You know what I mean? I'm like, at that point, they're like wobbly legs. Like a couple of weeks ago, we had we had someone and after squats, they were couldn't walk anymore. And I'm like, we're not even 40 minutes into training. If I, if I can't trust you to do squats and this is how your legs are, I can't trust you to pick someone up. Right. So I'm like, you have to be in, in some kind of shape to, to be able to endure the physicality of it. So I would say that's the first thing. And then from there, find a school. Uh, that has a good reputation that has good talent coming out of it and do that, you know, but, but ultimately, obviously there's a given be some kind of physical shape, find a school. It's realizing that it's again, a lot more than the in-ring stuff. 
right? It's dedication to putting in hours outside, like in the gym, on yourself, studying, and then the in rework start. Like it's if you have 15 hours a week in, at your at your facility to train, it's not 15 hours a week that you're doing, right? It's 15 hours a week at the facility plus an hour or two hours at the gym plus studying tape plus learning how to brand yourself and then the more you get into it the branding becomes more the marketing becomes more you know what i mean you you're you wait you investing money on your gear and stuff like that there's a lot of investing time uh on your body on the outer appearance of it there's a lot of investment that goes into yourself and um so I would say just to be prepared for stuff like that, you have to have a good level of dedication for it and realize that it's not, when you look at wrestling and you're like, oh, it's easy. This person is just running back and forth. Like it just, I just run back and forth. Realize that it looks that easy because these people are so good at it. And that's why it looks easy. You know, cause you, then you look, you can look at a bad match and you realize that, oh man, they're not running properly. You know what I mean? It's just like you can see the difference, even on a, even if you're not trained, you can still see what looks just bad and doesn't. You know what I mean? And I don't mean botches. Like botches to me, it's kind of dumb. Like accidents happen. You know what right. I mean? If you go to the top rope as the most skilled wrestler ever, if you go to, if you ever, if you go to the top rope twenty times, you're gonna fall at least twice. It's just the way. This is just the way it works. You know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, you can literally see when someone can't. Like I've seen guys have to hold a rope to wrestle because they can't move around. And that was motivation for me because I'm like, I do not want to be that big guy because <laughs> I, I'm not doing that, you know. Um, and, and yeah, man, you can't make excuses for the beginning. Uh, at my heaviest, I used to weigh 500 pounds. I was, I was close to 500 pounds and I dropped like 200 pounds before I started training. But I didn't. I lacked the strength training part and I made excuses for it. So, yeah, I was like, if you look at my earlier matches, I'm like skinnier, but like there's no muscle or anything. And. I made excuses for a while and it did cost me. That's just the reality of it. But once I started strength training and like learning a healthier lifestyle, like it made such the, the, the biggest difference ever. So that's what I try to tell, especially like the big guys that are just starting out. I'm like, don't just use your excuse to be big that you're a big monster. Like, cause you're not, there's a difference between a big monster and just someone that looks like they're fucking playing video games and eating laced potato chips all day. Like that's just the honest truth. You know what I mean? So I'm like, be the difference, you know? Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so work, you have to just dedicate yourself and work on all that stuff and kind of know that that's the presentation you're trying to have. So it's, uh, it's a lot, man. It's, it's very important to, to be knowledgeable of that and realize what you're getting yourself into in a sense. So I just tell people, uh, find a good school, be in some kind of shape and know that it is a lot. There's a lot, there's a lot of work. Um, and I turn people away. Follow, like I want people to follow their dreams. I was, well, I was again, I was a guy who wasn't supposed to achieve their dream. And I did because I worked my ass off. You know what I mean? So like, you have to work hard for it. This is really what you want to do. We will know if this is really what you want. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's scary. You know I mean? I've seen people break stuff, uh, pass out, and obviously we've seen clips of people dying in the ring and shit like that, like this some serious stuff. So it's just, I want people to take it serious on that level. And I don't mean like wrestle serious. I just mean take the overall world of what we're in serious and then get better. And then 
do this shit. Have fun. You know what I mean? That's the other thing too. Have fun. I know too many people are like, are the be serious, do this. And like discipline is good. You know what I mean? And it is, there is a lot of uh, heartaches and stuff like this, but if you can't enjoy it, then it's just going to be miserable. And that's where all these fucking miserable old ass wrestlers come from. Uh, not all of them, because there's a lot of nice ones, but the ones yeah. that are just like, I hate wrestling. Fuck this and this and that. Those other guys are just like, why are you doing this? And everything is so unhappy, dude. So you got to find moments to like find happiness, enjoy this shit. You, you can't take something serious and you can still have fun. Right. That's what life is supposed to be about. You know what I mean? Imagine going through life and just fucking hating everything and constantly complaining about life, bro. That's fuck. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> Take it from what right. I used to do it. Take it from what <laughs> I used to. It's like it's trash, dude. Enjoy this shit. Life is always gonna throw curveballs at you. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? It's just control what you can't control. You know what I mean? And and I think you'll be fine. Awesome. Look, I told this story multiple times. I think because I believe you were there. Me and Devin went to the AWF trials. We just did one class just to see what it would be like. Uh, uh, said trainer. Oh, uh, you gotta do it again and record it. Oh, look, look, I, <laughs> granted, I would do it again, but man, I took one bump and was I was seeing every type of star, every type of like I was I almost knocked myself out. And like, and like going home, I was like, yeah, I think I made the decision now. I was like, my decision is set in stone. I ain't doing this. You know, and that's good. And, and, and there's a thing like I like at least you gave it a shot. Like you wanted to see what it's about. Oh, yeah. You did it. And and you realize like, hey, it's not there's nothing. I tell people, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with like knowing like, hey, this is probably not it. But you but you gave it a shot. So now you won't go through life wondering because you did it. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? Man, it was crazy because I, I'm holding the middle rope and they just told me to fall back. I fell back. Oh, yeah. Almost knocked myself out. But the thing is, before that, oh, my very first AWF event. Oh, I'm spacing on this name. But Paradox. What up? Oh, oh Andy. Yeah. Andy. Okay. Uh, Andy powerbound of power. He powerbound Paradox from the top rope. And Paradox is like, I almost knocked myself out. And I was like, how could you, how did you manage to even get up after that? <laughs> like, I, if, I, if I'm barely getting concussed, you know, off the middle rope and you're on the top rope, he's shorter than me too. Down. Like, but he's great. He's built too. So he's definitely swole. He's not a small guy, but man. Yeah, the, the the work and the physicality you put on your body in that ring, it's I gained a, a whole, you know, 10 times, 20 times more respect for wrestlers now because it's it's crazy. That stuff, is, stuff it, really hurts. <laughs> it does. It's very painful. You know, I think a lot of people see the entertainment aspect and automatically assume it's like not real because of the story. But I'm like, no, dude, it's like it's just the way it is. It's like movies, you know, they have stuntmen for a reason because shit like that hurts and is dangerous. You know, yeah. I mean, we're, I tell people we're a television show that hurts and we do our own stunts. You don't have people doing it for us. So it's just kind of like uh, a fixed or predetermined outcome doesn't take away from all the shit we go through in that process to tell someone a story. And that's like the thing I respect a lot about wrestling in general is that people put their bodies through that just to entertain a crowd. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. wild. But we love it. You know what I mean? We're fucking all a bunch of crazies over here. <laughs> Man, we appreciate you crazy people. Like, we definitely appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, last question. Where can we find you on social media? I am on Instagram. I've been using Twitter a lot more. So Instagram, Twitter is R 
the number three, and then Cassus, C-A-S-S-U-S. Uh, Facebook, Charles Cassus. Um, I think that's all I have. I do have a TikTok. It's a lot of more personal stuff. But if you guys want to check it out, just look up R3 Cassus and I'll pop in somewhere on there. I just, I pretty much just talk shit on TikTok. So I don't want to talk shit about stuff. Uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, my Twitter and Instagram is what I use the most. Man, awesome. And look, thanks again for joining us. Like this was this was awesome. Trust me, I learned so much, and I'm pretty sure Devin and everybody else will as well. Awesome. You're awesome. You're amazing. Even from the training aspect, wrestling aspect, behind the scenes aspect. You're grinding your ass off. And look, we'd love to see it. Thank you again for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify every Saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Heel Turn Podcast and on Twitter at underscore the Heel Turn.